welcome to the Godlet Podcast. I would like you to know that on this podcast, it's our goals to keep listeners informed about what happens across border, how fame works, migration, ways to deal with addiction, investment, the gospel, and a bunch of other stuff. We get guests with you are best qualified for the topic based on their life experiences. Words of warning. Part of our episode might be tough to hear because guests share experiences that listeners might consider extreme, like migration, jail experiences, coming out from an addiction, having to run from the law, adaptation, investment tips, and success secrets. So if you're not interested in these topics, you might have to skip this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Gandalf Podcast. Um, today we have an interesting episode, and I'm sure you guys enjoyed the last episode and the new series we are trying to come up with. Yeah, and we have another interesting episode today. Like, if you asked me a week ago, I would not believe this episode would, would work, but it's good that we have it now. So on the episode today, we have um, we have a guest on the Across Border episode. But just, but just before I start, um, I want you guys, like the listeners, to know that this is a very weird time for me to <laughs> record the podcast because I have a feeling my club might lose today. <laughs> but, but on the episode today, we have Dami on the podcast from Germany. Hey, Dami, what's up? Hey, man, what's good? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I just want to point out that if you guys have noticed, there's always a difference between someone speaking from abroad and someone from Nigeria. I don't know if you guys know this. And that's just peace of mind and code. Ah, God. God win. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, I hope you guys can even hear the laugh. Like, even in Nigeria, apart from the rich men, would you hear laugh like that? Ah, God. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Um so uh Dami, I want you to tell my listeners about yourself just before we start asking you our questions. Yeah, that's fine. Um so hello guys. So my name is Damala. People probably call me Dami a lot, but it's my full name is Oyin Damala. But I really don't like people calling me that. So you can just call me Damala or Dami. Um so I'm currently a product designer working in Germany as, as a product designer. Um, so the funny thing is I, I'm a physiotherapist by training, right? But I actually transitioned from being a physiotherapist to being a product designer. Maybe that's a discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a brief summary about me. So you moved into tech. You left all of us and moved into tech. God. God. <laughs> what, what, what are the all of us? <laughs> Firstly, how long have you how long have um, you been so in Germany? So this is my fourth month in Germany. So I'm relatively new to Germany. Wow. That means you left last yeah, year. Yeah, I left last year. Yeah. So you could not wait for election. No, tell us now. <laughs> oh my if now you go wait. <laughs> so so the thing is, um, so I usually tell my friends like at any given up, see, um, don't get me wrong, I probably believe that 
Nigeria can change, but deep down, there's also a part of me that feels like I don't think the country can change, right? So I'm always an advocate of live when you have the chance because you never can tell when anything can happen. I always joke around and say, I mean, your president can wake up one morning and say he's closing down the entire airspace and then nobody can come in or go out. It's possible, right? based on events that we've seen in the past, I don't think there's anything that is impossible in Nigeria again. So as soon as the opportunity comes, bro, take your opportunity and move. Then coming back will be a different story entirely. But take the opportunity first and move. <laughs> so when the opportunity came, I apparently I had to take it. Jackpot should be first on the list for every shit in Nigeria now because <laughs> I, I I used to joke around with my friend and be like, one day he would just wake up and nobody would be on the street because everybody had left. Like that's 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 <laughs> valid Because funny enough, so there was this time, um, I think early last year. So a friend of mine was living for the UK and I had to go and drop him, right? So he, his flight was very early in, is it early in the morning? Yeah, I think early in the morning. So I had to had to take off around six, I think around five, six. I, I can't really remember. And then we got to the airport around after six. And on a Sunday morning, the entire airport was full of people. And I'm like, 6 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. Why is the airport this full? Where are you people running to? I right now I, I don't know for other people but most of my friends i would say 90 percent of my friends are actually not in the country and it's really really interesting to, you know because if well i don't think i have a whole lot of friends but a few friends that i have if the majority of them are not in the country then you can imagine what is obtainable for other people as well so it's it's a really interesting thing i don't blame anybody to be honest yeah yeah um so tell us you say you have been four months in germany um yeah. so i want to do you miss do you miss nigeria no if you say you miss nigeria you better start coming let's exchange but, but <laughs> i see what you know. um so to be honest i actually don't I, I don't miss nigeria but there are certain things that i miss so um i would say two things actually or three things yeah um apart from my family and my girlfriend and the food actually right because in my city i think we have just about two nigerian restaurants i haven't visited them personally but the nigerians that i met uh, probably just i mean they, they just told me not to bother because the food is not good so don't even waste your money yeah um so i find myself so i'm staying outside of berlin i'm staying in frankfurt so i found myself on countless occasions where i've had to order egusi all the way from berlin right so i actually miss the food a lot because when i was back in nigeria i, I enjoyed cooking but i didn't really used to cook much right so i had to you know keep exploring restaurants and stuff you know eat fried rice outside today tomorrow i think i could say somewhere else um, I miss all of that because of the wide variety of food, you know. Um, the third thing is the weather. Actually, don't get me wrong. I don't miss the heat in Lagos. I don't miss Lagos heat. But I miss the fact that by 6 p.m., 
it's still relatively sunny or it's still relatively bright. It's by 4 p.m. here, maybe because it's winter or maybe because winter is gradually ending. It's by 4 p.m. everywhere is dark. The the atmosphere is depressing. Like, why why is it dark by 4 p.m.? You know, so I, I kind of miss all of that. And of course, the whole Lagos bustle. You know, you're you're in Ikeja, everywhere is everywhere is bustling. You know, the vibe. You really can't get a vibe anywhere else, right? So, well, apart from that, miss me. I don't miss any other thing, to be honest. Wow. Wow, even even me here and I I I don't miss the country. I I don't miss this place. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really interesting, anyways. It's interesting to you know to see it from from a different perspective, you know, outside of your home country. Yeah. yeah. Um one other very interesting thing I used to enjoy about interviewing Nigerians that just left is the fact that um, your travel process will still be um, relatable with what we have now. So I wanted you to walk us through like your travel process on going abroad. How was it living here? Okay. Um, so mine was relatively straight to the point because I mean, I left on a work visa. Um, so for Germany, as as a tech person, there's what you call um, the federal. Uh, sorry, there's what you call the preliminary approval from the employment agency in in Germany. So I would say for me that's probably the most important document. And the reason I say that is, um, it's a document that actually shows that the employment agency in Germany. Um, I, I actually saying, oh, we want this guy, we are approving this guy to be in the German labor force. So it kind of makes the entire visa procurement process quite easy, right? So that's the first thing. So talking about the process itself, so when I got my offer, I was working in, in Nigeria remotely before I joined, but um, I had to start processing visa. So there were quite a couple of documents that I needed to get, right? So um, I needed to get like statement of results, you know, the entire, Germany is a bureaucratic country, so you need to get a lot of documents. But to keep it short, after getting your documents, all you have to do is alongside the preliminary approval documents that you got, you couple that with the other documents. The embassy is going to specify all of the documents you need to bring for your, for your interview. So as soon as you bring all that, uh, so, okay, yeah, another benefit of that document is on a normal day for students, if you are applying for a visa, it could take you between three to six months to, to actually get a visa interview. For people that are going for family reunion, it could take three months, it could take six months, it could actually take up to a year, not to get a visa, to get an appointment, for your interview, right? So, but the good thing about getting the preliminary approval is you can get an appointment within three weeks, right? So there's a section within the website that allows you to say, oh, I have a preliminary approval from Germany. And then you, are, you specify that you're coming in under sk highly skilled immigration. 
And then once you do that, so I, I did mine on Friday. And by before the next Friday, I already got a date. So it didn't even take three weeks. It actually took me a week, you know, to get a visa appointment. And then after I got a visa appointment for the next week, I went and then if not for the fact that I had to, the embassy requested for like additional documents, which took some time. The actual processing date from, you know, when you go to the embassy to get in your visa is more or less three weeks. For someone that has the preliminary document or, you know, the work visa. But I don't I don't really know for for other, you know, <clears throat> for other people, but this this was my own experience. Wow. Wow, that was that was really really quick. So that means it, it looks like the working visa. It's like the, it's the new way. Um. Yes. To be honest, I feel like the work visa is is like the best way to to actually emigrate to another man's country, in the sense that it actually qualifies you for a whole lot of things, right? So apart from the fact that you are going to be integrated into the society as a bona fide working person in the labor force. You're also entitled to other benefits, the same way any other uh, German citizen would be entitled to. So you're entitled to your health insurance, which is linked to your job anyways. So, But because you have a job, you have an health insurance, you get your health insurance card. You also have the pension scheme, um, you can file for a tax return. I really don't know how that works yet, but I know it's a possibility. Um, what else? So there's some. There's, so if you're looking for a house, for example, there are some landlords that will tell you to provide a, to provide a job contract. So they will go through the job contracts. They would see how much you earn in a year, and then that will probably be uh, a basis for them to either accept you as a tenant or otherwise. So um it actually it actually makes life easy so for me i don't really need to like stress about a whole lot of things right so i can know oh i have my health insurance i can get my permanent residence in a relatively short time you know that kind of stuff it just actually makes life easy for you it makes you integrate into society as as fast as possible but that's my experience so um, hello for nigerians that will be listening to this episode how would you suggest is like the best way to like get a job that would be that would be willing enough to call you to come to the country? How how is it done? Like getting a German job from Nigeria here, like to remote to? Um, so I, I can speak for my domain, which is tech. Um, I, I don't really know, or I wouldn't be able to say for other domains, but for tech, what is expected is you have to have had at least considerable experience, not less than three years. I mean, that's that's the case most of the time. So you, you need to have at least three years of experience in, in your field. So in my case, I've had over five years of experience with product design. So um, then again, we are going to, it's just the normal process of getting, I mean, of applying for a job. So you apply for a job, you do the numerous stages of interview, you know, you do the technical technical assessments, they look through your portfolio. If it looks nice, you get a job. So here's where things get interesting. So there are some companies that are capable enough or they have the finances, they have the structure 
to actually bring you into the country, right? So you have big companies like Zalando. Uh, my con my company is Think Insurance also has that capacity, and a whole lot of other companies like that, right? So for the big companies, it's I would say it's relatively easy for them to do that because they have the capacity. And I heard someone say, I, I don't really know how true, true this is. I think I have to do my research as well. But I think someone mentioned sometimes that if you get a tech job full-time, right, not contracts, not freelance, if you get a full-time job um, with a German company that has the capacity to bring you in, 90% of the time, they will bring you in because the guy mentioned that maybe it's somewhere within the law or something that if you are employed full-time, you cannot work outside of the shores of Germany. I don't know how true that is. That's why I said I have to do my, do my own research. But generally, there are a lot of companies who can actually bring you in. All that is needed is you have the required years of experience. You have the required skill sets that actually shows because it's, it's a huge risk or it's a huge investment on the part of the company. So you have to be worth your salt. You have to know what you're doing and you have to be good at what you're doing. So if you are good at what you're doing, you have the required years of experience and you have luck at, at, at also because there's some companies that maybe they don't consider that, right? So I would say luck is also, also a factor, so to speak. So if you combine those three things together, I believe it shouldn't be shouldn't be an issue for you. Wow. Um, so um, since you have just been like four months there, I'm sure you'll be able to remember how it was stepping on German soil and beating German hair. So tell us about your first experience on landing in Germany. Um, let me see. So I had two memorable experiences. So the first one is when I was leaving Nigeria, I left Nigeria, um, I think I left around 11, 11 p.m. or is it 12 a.m.? But eventually, the flight was, it was supposed to, we were supposed to land or arrive in Germany by 5 a.m. So, normal Niger, I was just saying to myself, because I don't know for other parts of Nigeria, but in Lagos, where I've stayed for a, lot, for a while, if you you can't be sure nobody can tell you oh i'm going to be here by 4 p.m or nobody can because of the traffic and a whole lot of other factors nobody can actually tell you this is the exact time that i'm going to be with you so when i saw the itinerary and i said and he told me oh we're going to land in in, in frankfurt international by 5 a.m my Nigerian mind was just like, eh, okay, 5 a.m., but let's just round it up and say maybe 5.10 or 5.15 a.m. And I kid you not, by five, by exactly 5 a.m., not 5.01, by exactly 5 a.m., the plane was packing in the stomach, like by exactly 5 a.m. That was mind-blowing for me because I, was, I wasn't used to that sort of accuracy, right? Um, the second experience for me was well, right? So it was very cold. But when I got into the airport, of course, there was heater. So the inside the airport was warm. And so, like I said, I got in by 5 a.m. 
and I had so I already got an an apartment in Germany before I arrived in Germany. But I was supposed to move in by I think by nine thirty. So the moving up the moving date uh, moving time was nine thirty a.m. And because I didn't know anyone in Germany or there's nowhere to go, I had to wait in the airport till around nine or so. So. Like I said, I wasn't used to the cold, right? So the first, very first time that I stepped out of the airport, I actually wanted to run back inside because I've never experienced that cold in my entire life. <laughs> I wanted to run back because it was freaking cold. Like my, I ordered an Uber. So I think because I was trying to navigate my way around my Uber was parking. It was already parked, actually. But I was trying to, like, search for it because there was a whole lot of cars. So I had to, like, be looking for the plate number to be sure, you know, that kind of thing. So I was outside for, I think, for a period of about five minutes. And I kid you not, my hand was almost freezing. It was that cold. I think that day, I think it was about minus two degrees that particular morning. And of course, it was very early in the day, so the humidity was quite high and it was really cold. So, I mean, like I said, I never experienced that sort of thing before. So it was very interesting for me to, you know, face that kind of cold. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting used to the cold now, but nothing prepares you. If you've, if you've never experienced that kind of cold before, I, I don't think anything prepares you for it. Yeah. Wow, wow. So tell us how is how is the life in Germany coming from Lagos? That means you don't pass your quadrant, you don't you don't face hold up, and the rest. <laughs> so tell us how's the life in Germany? Um let me see. I think the life is I think the life is very chill, to be honest. Um it's very chill in the sense that let's let me start from the transportation system. So I would say, well, I haven't been to other countries apart from the Netherlands, but I would say the German um, transportation system is very efficient. So what I mean by efficient is, let me make an analog analogy with Lagos. So in Lagos, you have Yaba, you have Unipan, right? And all of these places, inside Yaba itself, right? You have a whole lot of places. You have Unike, you know, Phase one, phase two, that kind of thing. So now imagine Yaba as an area in Lagos. Let's say phase one has its own bus terminal, it has its own train terminal, right? So that's why you call the U-Bahn and the S-Bahn in, in, in Germany. So the S-Bahn, the difference between the S-Bahn and the U-Bahn is they traverse different lengths. So the S-Bahn goes farther than the U-Bahn. The U-Bahn is more shorter distance, while the S-Bahn is for longer distance. So now imagine that you have a whole, a very intricate connection of bus terminals, train terminals that links Onike, phase one, phase two, uh, Akoka. Like it's, it's really complicated and very intricate such that if you are staying in Onike, you can be sure that you would have access to a train station, you have access to a bus terminal, and even a tram. If you are staying in phase one, you also have the same thing. So you can easily say you want to take a tram from Onike to phase one, 
or you can say you want to take a train. So just be sure that from phase one to Onike, there will always be a train that passes that route. There will always be a tram that passes that route. There will always be a bus that passes that route. So it's it's a very intricate thing. And it's very interesting that the so in Germany, I think most of these things are operated by applications. So you have an app for, for booking flight tickets, you have an app for booking train tickets, you have an app for checking the exact date or time that your train is going to get to the station. You have an app that you can use to book intercity tickets and all that kind of thing. And what's very interesting for me is everything is very synchronous, right? Like you can be sure that from 2 p.m. to 2.30 p.m., this is the time that, oh, my boss is going to get here. So for me now, going to the office, I already know when I'm leaving the house. So I know I leave my house by 8.20 a.m. I walk for five, seven minutes. I get to my train station or to my bus station. I get to my bus station around 8.30 something. I know exactly that my bus is going to take off by 8.35. I know I'm going to get to the train station by 8.40 something. I know I'm going to get to my office by 9.07. And it's just that way. So it's very predictable and it's always almost very efficient. So I really don't know how to explain more than this, but just think of it as a highly complex and efficient transportation system. And then I mean, it's very chill. I don't really think you there's a need for, for you to own a car to be honest, because the transportation is that good. And then you have all these scooters, right? You have all these bicycles that you can rent. So it's a really chill, it's a really chill way of, way of life, to be honest, compared to the whole traffic. I don't really face, I've, I've never really seen traffic, except maybe there's a traffic light and people have to like wait and stuff. But aside that, I haven't really seen that congestion where you see, hundreds of cars on the road you know that it's 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 a very interesting thing to be honest you you need to experience it if you haven't wow wow now now i understand why you do miss nigeria <laughs> no i don't <laughs> um, i also want to know about like having to adapt you talked about the code and how it is and i always like hear my guests tell me that kind of thing like nothing can prepare you for the code <laughs> and mm-hmm. like that yeah, but I want to know, apart from the code, what are things you have had to like adapt to in Germany? Um, that's a, that's an interesting question. So I would say the first thing I had to adapt to is so when I got when I got here, I made a mistake of so in Germany in your apartment you have Wi-Fi, but I I don't really think or well, at least in my city I don't really think there's much public Wi-Fi. So if you are leaving your house except you are in places like the train station or in your apartment or the bus, even bus stations really don't have Wi-Fi. So you need to have your mobile data basically just to navigate because it gets hard or it gets tough for someone that is new in the country if you don't have a SIM card. Because what that means is if you're not familiar with, you know, how to get a train, then your next available way of transportation will probably be to book an Uber. And then how do you book an Uber if, you know, if you don't have an internet to book the Uber? Um, the second thing is when I went to this store for the first time, 
to you know do some little shopping and stuff so when i get to the store so i went to little little is like one of the biggest um grocery supermarkets in in germany so you have to insert a 50 cent coin into the shopping cart so that you can remove the shopping carts so if you don't do that you won't be able to move the shopping carts right so normal me now niger nobody does that so i just went to the shopping carts and i was dragging it and the thing was not opening i was like what's happening i was i kept dragging the thing for like five minutes so i was battling what's wrong why is it thing open? i was looking at it then a lady came to my rescue so she inserted her 50 cent coin into this so just think of a vending machine right so she inserted the thing into the shopping carts and then i was able to retrieve it and then when i finished when i finished my shopping it was funny to me thank god i carried a school bag it was funny to me that they don't give you except you buy they don't give you like uh, a nylon bag or something to carry your grocery so if you don't come with a nylon bag you know you can't even come with a nylon bag because i think they already banned that or something so you need to come with all these recyclable uh what's it called all these recycled um nylon bags like carry around right so that was right. really for me in nigeria i mean if you buy stuff they'll pack it for you give you nylon you go to your <laughs> yeah so it's, it's that was that was also interesting for me um again i would say the shopping so if, if, if you're in the diaspora most of the time you probably use amazon for your shopping so it's really easy or it's really interesting the way it works and then i would say they have in this place they have a high level of trust right so i'll give you an instance so i bought the sneakers right and then the sneakers was a little bit too tight for me so what i did was to say oh i wanted to return these sneakers because it was tight for me and then i clicked on return and they said oh okay they will send so that do i want a refund or do i want a replacement so i said i want a replacement and funny enough they sent a replacement one size bigger than the one i had and i still had that original one which is something that can never happen in nigeria because we don't have trust so in nigeria the first thing is if you buy something nobody will even you have to be sure because except for some few vendors that are really trustworthy and so okay your guy will replace it for you but that replacement will not be that you will keep the one that you bought originally in your house and mm -hmm. another one you have to send that one back first they will get it and then maybe send you a replacement but but this one i had the i had the first one in my house they sent the second one in fact the the old one the first one i bought spent about two weeks before i returned it and nobody questioned me because they just assumed that people are supposed to behave normally like normal human beings right so it's it's really interesting and then there's what you call the amazon prime it's possible that you buy something today and get it delivered to you today or worst case maybe tomorrow two days you know you can return stuff buy stuff at will it's it's, it's a really interesting thing to be honest it's really interesting wow wow Oh my God, wait, God, wait. Just be like, say, make I pack my bags now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> Just before we wrap up, I also want to know, um, you said you had five years working experience before you came to Germany. That means That's... you have, you are, yeah, you have worked in Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to know the working system. 
in Nigeria and the working system in Germany. Can you like give us the difference? So working class here can know what they are missing. <laughs> um, so two things. Let me start with the with with the first one, which is the work-life balance. In summary, we don't have work-life balance in Nigeria. That's that's just the summary of the two. Because here, like me, again, maybe maybe it's maybe it's uh, maybe it's special, maybe it's unique to my company. But I go to the to the office maybe because of Corona and remote work and all of that. But I go to my office just once in a week. Sometimes I don't even go at all, right? So I, most of the time, I work from home, right? But times when I go to the office, the the work culture is really interesting in the sense that in my office, we have a kitchen, right? In the kitchen, we have fridge that contains Coke, you have drinks, you have beer. <laughs> that's, that's how interesting it is. You have a coffee maker. You can decide is the beer you want to drink. Nobody will question you, right? Like it's, so we have a section in the office where you have chocolate. So you're going to the toilet, you're coming back, you get to that chocolate section. So you can take as much chocolate as you want. Then when people are doing birthdays, they bring the big cake, they bring it to the office. So anybody that wants to take, you just go to that section. Then you have fruits too. So you can go to that section, pick whatever fruit you want to eat. Nobody's going to question you. And then they have, they take, um, they take lunch, very important. So when it's 12 p.m., you would see everybody leaving their work desk. Oh, where are you going to? I'm going to have lunch. And then lunch takes about roughly one hour, one hour, 30 minutes, right? And everybody, you know, goes back to work. So there was a time, no matter Niger me now, I felt like I had stuff to do. So I was trying to, like, use the lunch break to sort out the I, the outstanding stuff that I had. And my colleague came to me. I was like, bro, leave this thing. I said, I've eaten now that I'm not feeling hungry. So it's not about the food. It's about taking a break from work, getting your juice back, and getting back to work when you've gotten your juice back. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that lunch break is for you to eat. You can use your lunch break to do anything. But it's important that you have that lunch break, right? And then you have wealth. My company, I, I don't know about other places, but I'm speaking my experience um it's, it's just really interesting that people actually care about you when i came in a colleague of mine offered to take me to ikea to buy some household stuff she drove me back home you know she actually she and her boyfriend they bought me cookies you know it's 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 just really interesting and the whole they take they don't so work is just an aspect of your life your life your life shouldn't revolve around work right and that's how they see it so they don't take work as their life it's just an aspect so people go to work but that's by 4 5 p.m that's where it ends to the next day so they take that very importantly so to the second point um in in germany the way the society is structured is structured in a way that it's it's meant to kind of the middle class the middle class is it's really important i think it's the biggest part of the economy so i would say in a way everybody is kind of the same so what i mean by that is i, I kind of did my calculations 
and I was trying to see because the taxes are quite high, to be honest, but the benefits are there to see, right? So you, you I mean, you pay tax, but you actually see what you pay for because you know you see the roads are good, the, the hospital is perfect. I once had to go to the doctor, and all I had to do was you know just book an appointment online, right? I didn't pay anything. I didn't pay one single dime. I booked an appointment. They gave me an appointment date and time. And I went there at that set date and time and I saw my doctor and I was done with him one hour, right? So, you know, you see all these benefits. But aside that, I kind of did the calculation of someone earning 50,000 euros per year and someone earning 70 to 80,000 euros per year. For me, personally, I don't think the difference is significant at the end of the day when they've removed taxes and everything. Probably a difference of 1,000 to 1,000 euros. But of course, the argument would be, is 1,000 euros not significant enough? But coming from where, you know, coming from where I'm coming from, you know, but sorry to digress. That's, that's just by the way. But I hope that answers your question. Yeah, um, we're about to wrap up now, but I have a final question. And this would not just only be of help to like listeners that want to travel abroad, but like a lot of people in general. So I want to know, as a product designer, what are you going to tell upcoming product designers that would also want to be in your position in a few years' time? What are advices you would have for them? Um, so three advices I would have is be as consistent as possible because that's actually what's going to take you very far, consistency. Um, if, if you are learning stuff, there's a difference between putting in two, three, four hours a day, every day for six months, and putting in 15 hours a day, and then three weeks later, you, I mean, you don't do anything for three weeks and you're picking it up, putting another 15 hours at the end of another four weeks, that wouldn't get you anywhere. So consistency is like probably the most important part. Then the second thing is to put your, put your work online, let people see what you do. That's very important because you never can tell who's making mental notes of what you're doing. People are actually saying these things on your social media, on your Twitter, put out your work, let people actually see that this is what you do. You never can tell when someone might hit you up and say, hey, we have this, we have this opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it's not far-fetched, right? Um, the third thing I would advise is be try to be as world class as possible. So when I say world class, um, there's a whole lot of inspiration online. Where you, it's easy nowadays for you to see the work of someone working at Google or the portfolio of someone working at Netflix. So follow these people, look at their work, try to you know recreate the kind of quality that they put out there do it consistently and then in no time you would see that you know you can actually do all of these things so for me i would say those are the those are the most important things to be honest and when the opportunity comes you take it because you've positioned you've positioned yourself to you know take this opportunity so yeah i said um consistency is like really really important so i was making an analogy of two people so let's assume mr a you know, puts in two, three, four hours a day, right? And they are putting in two, three, four hours every day for six months. And then you have Mr. B that is just putting 12 hours or 15 hours 
a day and then the next time he puts in another effort is in another three or four weeks apparently what do you think is going to to make something for himself definitely mr a because mr hay has been consistent the second thing is to actually put in i mean to put your work out there because there's a whole lot of people on social media that are making mental notes even if you don't realize it because when you put out your work out there as a designer you know maybe the design you're working on or you know whatever you're working on to be honest people are seeing these things and they are making mental notes and you never can tell when you know people can reach out to you and say oh we have this opportunity do you mind taking it you know so it's really important to to put your work out there then the third thing is to as much as possible to aspire to be world class so when i say world class the internet has made it very easy for for us to follow people from different backgrounds irrespective of their status in the society so it's possible for you to see the work of you know a product designer working with google or someone working with facebook or people designing at netflix right it's even more it's even easier for you to see their portfolios nowadays so as much as possible try to you know recreate or aspire to be i mean you see the quality of work that they do and aspire to recreate or produce you know that kind of quality and in no time i'm very sure that once you do this consistently you get to that position where you start to recreate or you start to produce you know the same level of quality if not better you know that these sort of people are are putting out there so those three things are really important and by the time the opportunity comes you know for a job or an interview or something it's as easy as taking the opportunity because you know you've positioned yourself you've done all the right things you know that led to that moment so that would be my advice i'm really sure this would be of a very good help because people like have been requesting for like a second jammy episode so having this one would be of great help thank you so much for being on the podcast i really really appreciate it you're welcome you're welcome okay thank you so much Dami, for being on the podcast you're welcome man have a wonderful day all right, man. Cheers, man. Talk to you later. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe to our show on any of your podcast streaming platforms and get a notification from us anytime we release our episodes. The Galut Podcast is hosted by Michael David. If you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor by rating and reviewing this podcast.